trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. And welcome officially to the Topical Resort for the final episode of the month. I am your host, Viper, and... Today we've got a pretty jam-packed show as we are going to be giving you a rundown of the Sega news throughout the month of September, as well as just some general off-topic chat. So, obviously, as I said, we have five episodes instead of the usual four because, you know, four weeks is how long a month lasts. However, because of the way the week worked out, it meant there was a show on the first, which then, you know, caused a catastrophic effect, which created five shows. Which means you've, you've had even more of me than you should have this month. I know you don't like that, but there we go. But, um, it's time, finally, because this is a tradition, that we look back at the Sega headlines that made up this month. But first of all, we're going to start off with some random music. So, from Sonic Adventure 2, this is Flying the, Free- Flying the Freedom, aka Rouge's theme, right here on the Topical Resort.
and welcome back to the Top Court Resort. This is now officially your official introduction to the show. I am always, I, as always, am your host, Green Vaporate, and thank you so much for tuning into my resort. And today it's going to be a bit different, because as we already mentioned, it's an off-topic episode, and off-topic is where we just discuss the news for the month, or the Sega news for the month. We don't talk about the real-world news, we don't mess with any of that. Yeah, you know why, but um, yeah, we go through a roundup of the month Sega news, and we just have some general chats. We play a lot of a lot of music, specifically a lot of great music. That's the important thing. Speaking of great music, what you just heard there was from Sonic Hedgehog 4 Episode 2. That was White Park Zone Act 2, an absolutely lovely remix of my favourite Sonic Adventure song, which is uh, Pleasure Castle for Twinkle Park. And before that, from Sonic Adventure 2, also a very lovely song. It was Fly in the Th- Fly in the Freedom theme of Rouge the Bat. It's one of my favourite songs in the game as well, it, the smooth jazz, so lovely, so relaxing as well, you know, I, I, I was humming along to both of them, you know, uh, with my mic turned off obviously, because I wouldn't do that sort of thing with my mic turned on, no, no, definitely not. Anyway, we have some stuff to talk about in, during this first talk, but first I'm going to go ahead and say hello to everyone who is currently listening, everyone who is currently in our Discord chat room, radioac.gf4/discord. we currently have Electric Boogaloo, Jamie Mr. Wonderman, myself, Green Vaporate, and the Edgy Grill, aka Lost Impact. So, hello to all of you people, and also I believe we had uh, Doanne on earlier, and supposedly she was trying to listen in, but we don't know uh, if you are. Hello, greetings. Hello, greetings to all of you who are also lurking, or perhaps aren't in our Discord. If you're not in our Discord, why are you not in our Discord? You know, we're friendly, we don't buy it. Mostly. Uh, as always, there's a argument between Sonic CD soundtracks, because Jamie, of course, has to make it into an argument. I have to say my respect for the US soundtrack has grown since Electric Boogaloo has joined our chat room. I think he has really made me sort of appreciate that soundtrack much more. I love the fine tunes of Wacky Workbench and Tidal Tempest. And also the, um... The themes for, uh, Star Speedway are pretty good. I don't think they're as good as the Japanese version. I don't think, like, all of the tracks are better than the Japanese version, but, you know, I, I have a lot more respect for uh, the US soundtrack than I used to. It is still a really good soundtrack. Uh, oh, that's a message. Uh, Electric Boogaloo says I like them both. Good. Um, that in mind, we're going to get on to some news, and this is some news that is right at home for me, so um, it's, of course, time. We, we need to put this on. It, we need to put this on, I apologise. So, uh, we're going to mute this, so you can't hear that anymore, and I need to make sure this is turned on for both you and me, so I need to keep talking, and I need to do this. Yes, we need to stick on Electric Toothbrush, because it is time for, um, we have some Dreamcast news. Quite a bit of Dreamcast news, in fact. And for those of you who used to listen to Dreamcast Hour, you know this was the talk bed that you had to use when there was Dreamcast news on. So I'm going to turn this up a bit because it's quieter than I remember it being. Uh, yeah, people are already, you know, going to complain because the Dreamcast sucks. Jamie, I'm looking at you specifically, and it also said the show sucks, but we got to put this on. It's going to be incredibly fitting. So, um, so, um, there's quite a bit of Dreamcast news, actually, or news relating to the Dreamcast, hence why I put this on. So, uh, the first bit of news which came out yesterday is Sonic Adventure is now backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Surprising it took that long, because there were plenty of um, Sonic games backwards compatible beforehand. But, uh, yeah, Sonic Adventure is finally backwards compatible, my favourite Sonic game, as you know, and it's an okay version of the game. It's not the best, not the worst, 
But it's a pretty okay version, I'd recommend it. And if you have an Xbox One, you know, go right ahead and play it. I mean, most people already own the 360 version. Another thing relating to the Dreamcast is uh, Shenmue 3 has another update showing its facial animations. My personal opinion, dreadful. <laughs> no, um, the facial animations look a bit stiff, like they look a bit sort of eh for a game which is supposed to be quite close to completion, but at the same time, I don't think they're as bad as everyone exaggerated them to be, but, you know, it's not like doom and gloom, but they're not the nicest looking facial animations. Uh, aside from that, we also have some other news here. we got plenty of Sonic Forces news, which we'll be going over in a bit, and I have to scroll through all of that. So, uh, we also have a new book, or a new fan-made book, by our good old friends uh, I can't remember their names now, but it's escaped my head. Ah! What is their name? Read Only Memories, I think it is. Is it? Let me look. I believe it is Read Only, uh, Read Only Memories. Oh, Read Only Memory, sorry. Read Only Memory. Yeah. I believe it's them? Because it's not on their page. Uh, let me look at the Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. If it isn't them, I apologise. Uh, and I apologise to the people obviously making it because they are. <laughs> I'm not giving them the true credit they deserve. But um, it appears to be by Darren Wall, so maybe he's affiliated with someone. Who knows? Uh, yeah, Darren Wall is creating the Sega Dreamcast Collected Works, and what this is, is it is a book which is a follow-up to the Genesis slash Mega Drive Collected Works, obviously around the Sega Dreamcast, and uh, it's got many contributors from the Sega community. You've got the producer and director of Jet Set Radio, you've got uh, Mitsugushi, who's known for Space Channel 5 and Res. You've got the producer of Jet Set Radio, you've got the director and producer of Crazy Taxi, you've got Hideki Naganuma, obviously no introduction needed for him. You've got the uh, game director and program director for Shenmue and Shenmue 2. You've got Yuji Naka, who obviously needs no introduction, but if you need some sort of introduction for some reason, he worked. He was the producer on Sonic Adventure, Fantasy Star Online, Choo Choo Rocket and Sam and the Amigo, all for the Dreamcast. Uh, you've got the programmer of Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, you've got Bernie Stolar. That's all you need to know about him. You got uh, Jordan Freeman from the Zoom platform, and you got Peter Moore. That's all you also need to know about him. Yeah, um, supposedly Yu Suzuki might be announced as a contributor, but no one actually knows yet for sure. Uh, Electric Boogaloo says, speaking of Kickstarter, new Dreamcast game from the Rush Rush Rally Racing devs. I'm getting to it, Electric Boogaloo, I'm getting to it, calm down, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm almost there, I just need to go on to the next page, and that should show me what I need. That should show me what I need, it isn't showing me what I need, so, um... Here we go, so... The Senel team, known for their work on, uh, the... Uh, Rush Rush Rally Racing games, for the Dreamcast, Dreamcast indie titles, launching a new Dreamcast indie title known as Interpret Izzy, and as Trigon said the other day, she looks like knockoff Shantae, and I, ha I have to agree. Uh, aside from that, we've also it's also coming to PC and PS4. 
Uh, we spoke about this a lot in the Dreamcast Hour, but I have a theory as to why Dreamcast games, or they still make Dreamcast indie games, because it's basically free advertising for your indie game. Because think about it, every time a new Dreamcast indie game is announced, big publish or big like publications like Kotaku and IGN and all that sort of stuff make an article going, "Whoa, there's a new Sega Dreamcast game in 2017." And you get a ton of free advertisement for your um, for your indie game. But however, people aren't going to go like, I'm not going to pay £30 for a pressed digital or a pressed physical version of the game. And they go, oh, there's a PC and PS4 version that's only £10. I'm going to buy that. So basically, the uh, Dreamcast versions of indie games are free advertisements, which is my theory as to why they still make them for the Dreamcast. Hence why this game is also coming to the PC and PS4, because the Dreamcast version is just a little advertisement. But yeah, I went over that theory quite a lot, and I still um, I still maintain that theory that it's that's the reason why games are released for the Dreamcast. But anyway, uh, it's an old-school platformer being developed by Senal Team. No word of Xbox One or Switch support. No Switch support. Boo. Um, so, some features of the game. Change Izzy's abilities by collecting different costumes. Dialogue branching system, simple, fully configurable controls, non-linear progression, huge bosses, magic, science fiction, talking animals, robot spaceships, everything is possible and can happen. Well there you go, a brand new Dreamcast indie game, we're still getting indie games in 2017, now it's time to make a click-based article. Yay! Uh, aside from that, uh, obviously now we need to come off here, so uh, yeah, that's all you get. So. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that little uh, Dreamcast news segment, it's been a while since we've done one of them, but obviously we need to go back to the Topical Resort, no no more Dreamcast hour, I know, rest in peace, but maybe we'll come back to you one day, I, I wouldn't sweat it, but there we go. So anyway, I think we've had enough talking for this talk bed, so we're going to play you some music from some lovely Dreamcast games, and no it's not Sonic Adventure 1 or 2, thank goodness, so we, we're going for a bit of variety, and it's also not Jet Set Radio Space Channel 5. Or, you know, any of those well-known sort of Dreamcast games. We're going to go for... Oh, I say well-known, but we're going to go for something a bit more obscure. Not fully obscure, but something a bit more obscure on the Sega timeline. So we're going to start you off with a track from Sega Marine Fishing, the uh, sequel to Sega Bass Fishing. So from that game, this is Japan.
up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Oh boy, it's time for the show that everybody's going to love. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but you're going to love it. Uh, no, no you're not. Uh, so welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Cyber Troopers Virtual On. Uh, Cyber Troopers Virtual On or- Oratorio Tangram, I'm going to guess. That was Above and Beyond, which people were saying sounded like the uh, theme to the theme to Your Lie in April. And it also sounded, according to me, like the winter stage from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the video game. Which you can now no, no longer play because it's no longer on digital stores anywhere. But now, the reason I say you're going to love this section of the show is because it's time we talk about Sonic Mania. We're still talking about this game. I just want it to be over. I, I don't want to talk about this game. And thank goodness we won't have to talk about this game anymore after today. So anyway, um, this is more about the PC version. Because last time we saw you, the PC version wasn't yet out. So this is news about the PC version and what happened to the PC version of the game. So uh, the PC version launched two weeks after the original version on the 29th of August, which, by the way, is a month ago today. This whole, uh, this whole debacle happened a month ago today. Um, so the game was delayed two weeks compared to the console version for optimizations. To know you. You know, make it run better than the um, to make it run better because apparently it wasn't running very well. This turned out to be a massive load of lies, and I know what you're thinking: a publisher telling lies that would never happen. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, shock of the year award, it did happen. Sega lied to everyone. So uh, basically, it wasn't optimization; it was actually to put in anti-consumer DRM, digital rights management, known as Denuvu. Denuvo, sorry. Um, the purpose of Denuvo in like concept is a good idea. Denuvo is not a good idea in general, though. Um, so obviously, the purpose of DRM is to stop piracy, but it's completely pointless as it doesn't stop piracy because pirates still found still find a way around it. Hell, they found a way around Sonic Mania's DRM in less than a week. But the issue is. It doesn't harm the pirates, because the pirates find a way around the anti-piracy anyway. The only people it affects are the people who've paid for the product, aka the people who aren't going to pirate it. You see my issue now with DRM. It doesn't help anyone, because the people it tries to protect the game from, it doesn't do any protection, and it just hurts the people who want to play the game. Uh, DRM is completely baffling. And on top of that, uh, Sega completely messed up because you couldn't even play the game offline due to the way that Denuvo worked. So you had to you had to wait for a patch, or you could make an unofficial patch on the EXE. Um, both of which I shouldn't have to do because I paid fifteen pound for this game. I shouldn't have to patch it myself, and I shouldn't have to wait for you to patch it because I paid fifteen pound. I shouldn't be treated like a criminal. Ah, uh, and Electric Rulu has posted that the Total Warhammer 2 was uh, the Denuvo was cracked in 10 hours. 
Not 10 days, not 10 weeks, not 10 months. Total War Warhammer 2's DRM was cracked in 10 hours. So once again, this creates, this just furthers my point that I made of it only harms the person buying the game, because pirates still find a way around it. Uh, uh, I don't know, it's just such a confusing concept. Why would you, why does a 2D game need digital rights management? It doesn't make any sense to me, like, it's, it's, it's a 2D Sonic game based off games from the 1990s. Why does it need modern digital rights management? It's so confusing. Anyway, um, it it also patched quite a lot of the bugs from the original, which some people would, or the original version, as in the original uh, console versions. Some people would see this as good. I don't see this as good. This is because it removed more than it really should have. It removed the, um, what is it? It removed uh, quite a lot of glitches, or gl like the good sort of glitches, you know, where you can skip past stages and speed runs and all that sort, uh, all that sort of stuff. You know, and you can glitch through stages all, all you want. That sort of stuff shouldn't be patched, because it doesn't affect the game and it's just fun. But they patched it anyway. They also patched a bunch of game-breaking stuff, which I, I do expect that to be patched. I'd, I'm not one of those people who goes, no, you can't patch that, you can't patch anything. But, you know, you should patch uh, games which... You should you should patch stuff which actually affects the experience for, you know, the casual player. And it also patched some stuff like uh, the super button is no longer double tap A. The super button is now on the Y, triangle, X or whatever button in your neck of the woods. Um, it basically changes from controller to controller, but I think that's a lot better actually because you don't accidentally press the button while you're playing the game, which I think's better. Thank goodness. Um, so what else we got? I don't think I think that's really about it for the Sonic Mania PC news. We're finally done with this game. We don't have to talk about it again. So anyway, on to the request resort segment. And what is the request result? Well, that is a good question. It's basically where you can request music relating to the topic of the episode using the power of Discord or the power of Twitter, RadioSC.GF4/Discord or at RadioSega at Topper Resort or at the Green Viper on Twitter. You can request music through all of those places, and uh, normally, as I said, it's related to the topic of the episode, but um, it doesn't actually have to relate to the topic of the episode because today is off-topic, meaning you can request anything. Whether it be Sega, whether it be non-Sega, the only re the only real sort of limit is it has to be video game related. That has to be suitable to air. That's really about it. And aside from that, um, the only other thing is try and keep it Sega. I don't mind non-Sega, but try and keep it Sega where possible because after all, this is Radio Sega. Uh, Jamie says debug control seemed a bit awkward on PC. Y yeah, they did. They were quite <gasps> quite awkward on PC. Ah, no, I've got the hiccups now. This is bad. Um, so, aside from that, uh, we're going to wait for some of your requests to come through on Twitter or through uh, Discord. So I'm going to send out a tweet quickly. This won't take long.
There we go. Lovely. Those infamous keyboard sounds. Yes, the infamous keyboard sounds have come back. Hashtag Viper types on the keyboard and all that, all that stuff. Um, so we'll see if anything comes through on the Twitter feed. We'll see if anything comes. I think you guys have already all sent me your stuff on Discord, so I'm not expecting anything from uh, Discord side of things anyway. Um, aside from that, I think we're going to get on with the music. So you can still send it in. Oh, you can still send it in during the uh, music. Yeah, you can still send it in during the music break. So you know, be sure to send in your requests if you're listening in on, or, or if you're listening in but you're too shy to chat. You know, send them in through Twitter. Send them in, or you can also send them in through my email, topresort@gmail.com. Send it in through there if you're a bit too shy. You know, maybe. But anyway, we're gonna get on with the request resort. And first up, we say track. Requested by Electric Boogaloo because Jamie has been a bit too slow lately and his is no longer the first request. So, as requested by Electric Boogaloo from Again War, a soundtrack which isn't on the Radio Sega 24-7 but has an awesome title theme, this is the title theme from that game right here on the Request Resort. Request Resorts
and welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from 7th Dragon 2020 and 2022 Hatsune Miku Arrange Tracks. That was Daiba, Freezing City, Diva version. I really like the original version of that track, just the one from the original 7th Dragon 2020 without the, obviously, Miku on it. Then the Miku version also is also really good, so I was like, hmm, which one do I go for? Oh, I'll go for the Miku one. And before that from Captain Claw, oh, that was requested by me. Before that from Captain Claw, that was level 3, the footpath, as requested by, you guessed it, Lost Impact. Before that from Epic Mickey, Power of Illusion, the 3DS version of the Epic Mickey games. That was the East Hall, which I believe was a remix of a Sega Mickey game. I can't remember which one, but it's a remix of a Sega Mickey game. And first of all, uh, that was requested by Jamie, and first of all, from Gen War, that was the title theme, as requested by Electric Boogaloo, a lovely track by the Bygone Dogs, of course. And now it is time we got into some Sonic Forces news, and there's been incredible amounts of Sonic Forces news, because obviously it's only coming out in a few months, which is slightly worrying. I'm joking, of course. I'm joking, I'm joking. Calm down, Sonic Forces lovers, calm. Okay, but anyway, aside from that, obviously, it's now time to talk about all of the news that's been happening, because there's been quite a lot of it. So, uh, why don't we go over to our good friends at Sega Nerds. Uh, because there's been quite a lot of news, and I want to start from the beginning, because there's some from last month as well. Because, um, last month there was some news released like, on the last day of the month, and obviously I couldn't cover it at that point. So, uh, let's find it quickly. Uh. Okay, so this is the first one. There is a bonus edition of uh, Sonic Forces, and it includes a bunch of things. It includes a Jetset Radio costume, which ha- is just glasses and outfit. It includes a Persona 5 costume. Who saw that coming? No one saw it coming. That's a mask and outfit. That one doesn't appear in the PC version, but it appears in the Xbox One and Switch versions, but doesn't appear in the PC version. That makes no sense, because Persona's only ever been on PlayStation, so why do you include it on only some from PlayStation consoles, but not others? Eh. And uh, there's a Puyo Puyo hat. Super Monkey Ball is an outfit, and a Knight's hat an outfit. So all of that is in the bonus edition of the game, and you also get um, a controller sticker. Yes, really, you get a controller sticker in 2017, and it looks dreadful, trust me about this one. Um, Aside from that, we also have a bit more Sonic Forces news. Um, there was the Sonic Forces Speed Battle game, which is a mobile game based on Sonic Forces, which incorporates three-lane gameplay, much like the Sonic Dash series. <coughs> the main game is also going to have three-lane gameplay. What? Uh, who, who said that? No, no one said that. We. No one said that. Um, aside from that, we also have... Um, it's not showing up here for some reason. We have the shadow costume for Sonic Forces. The shadow costume um, is a, another avatar costume that's just based off Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, we also have the news on uh, the Sonic Forces Day 1 DLC. 
<laughs> Day one DLC. That's fake anger. That wasn't real anger. Um, yeah, Project Shadow. It's three levels. Um, three copy and paste level designer levels. I'm not trying to avoid the shadow. Oh, I am because oh, the shadow DLC looks bad. Ah, it just does. Um, thank, thank you to Burns, who I'm not sure if he's listening, but if he is, just say hello in the Viper in my Discord. Um, but he's been ranting non-stop about this, um, he's been ranting non-stop about the Shadow DLC and how bad the level design looks, and I just have to agree with it every single time he says it, because it, it physically looks dreadful, like, the level design just does stop, start, stop, start, copy and paste, copy and paste, all over the place, it, yeah, but the, as, character of Shadow is cool, the remix in the background is cool, and you can play Shadow in modern Sonic levels, so you can just completely replace modern Sonic, which I quite like. I'd rather play Shadow than modern Sonic. Another news, we also have the new plot details. Uh, basically, Knuckles is the leader of the Resistance, which is fighting against Eggman. Um, aside from that, um, that's really about it. Uh, obviously the game focuses on a more dark tone, and yeah, that's really about all the plot details that were revealed. As uh, so a Tokyo Game Show, um, a few things happened there, there was a live version of Fist Bump, uh, uh, the questionable name for a song, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, there was also a few other things, that like some music was revealed, um, and... Uh, Mm, the one we all wanted to avoid because it is only eight o'clock on a Friday night. Sonic Forces is teaming up with Hooters Japan. Whose decision was this? Like, who who sat down and thought, do you know who? Do you know who we need to appeal to? We need to appeal to the Hooters crowd because I don't think those two have a particular crossover. <laughs> in terms of um you know their audiences um if you want if you just for some reason or if you for some reason don't know who they are because obviously for some reason as in this has been blowing up this news because how incredibly funny it is um i'm not going to explain to you uh what they are um look it look it up on google uh, or if you're if you're a child uh, don't don't look don't look it up on google uh, <laughs> Lost in fact says Takashi Izuka most likely is facing the picture. He does look very enthusiastic, almost too enthusiastic in the picture, so it probably was him, the, the sick pervert. And finally, yesterday, on the day before, a new trailer was shown off for Sonic Forces, which reveals a completely new zone for Classic Sonic. This Casino Forest zone, this also has a few issues, but nothing too bad. Mainly, um, it doesn't have that many badniks, which is really about the only issue. It also has a few too many straight lines to my liking, but otherwise the gimmick is cool, or the gimmick of Casino is cool, setting is cool, all that lovely stuff. And that is all the Sonic Forces news we currently have for you. No, that is a lie. The game had a price drop of £5 within the few, um, with, within the past few days. So, uh, if you want to get the game, now is the perfect time. I guess go right ahead and grab it now, before it gets even cheaper, or perhaps in this case, even more expensive, because you wouldn't want it to be any more expensive. I mean, no one wants to pay any more than they have to for this game. I'm joking, of course, I'm joking. But who doesn't love a good bargain? 
I certainly love a good bargain, and that's why I'm going to probably be grabbing it as soon as possible. Because I want to get this game for as cheap as possible. Uh, so anyway, on to the next batch of music. We have two blocks of Sonic Forces music. So we're going to start you off with a track that was recently revealed from Sonic Forces. So, from Sonic Forces, this is Sunset Heights, the modern version, right here on Radio Sega.
and welcome back to the topical resort right here on Radio Sega. What you said there was from Sonic Forces. That was versus Metal Sonic US version remix, because it's a remix of uh, the Sonic CD US soundtrack. And before that, from Sonic Forces once again, that was Sunset Height, the modern version of the stage. And as you heard, there it is now time for the topical thesis, and it is now time for me to apparently get out of breath. So um, today's topical thesis is. Should Sega put more effort into creating print media, i.e. books and magazines? Obviously this is because this week we've had the news of the uh, Dreamcast Collective Works, but also I'm quite a big fan of print media, you know, I love picking up a uh, good magazine every now and then based off video games, or just magazines in general. I like reading a good book every now and then about video games, or books in general, but you know, mainly about video games, let's be honest here. Um, yeah, I'm quite a big fan of printed works centering around my favourite hobby, so why wouldn't... So, my question is, should Sega create more print media? So, as always with my topical thesis, I will give you three points for the... or it, It's an opinion that I've heard myself or from around the Sega community. I'll give you three points for as to why I agree with it, three points against as to why I disagree with it, and then I come to a justified conclusion based on my three points for and three points against, and then I listen to your conclusions to everything that you have to say about um, the opinion. So, anyway, let's get into our 3.4. Video game print media has reach outside of the Sega community. Yeah, there are people who are going to just want to buy general print media about video games, whether that be magazines or books or, like, comics or whatever. You know, people are going to have interest in that just because it's something about video games. It doesn't matter that it's specifically Sega, it's just about video games and people will buy it. You know, that's why there are so many sort of general publications like, you know, magazines and stuff like Retro Gamer because that reaches out to everyone rather than just one audience. But obviously, Sega stuff could reach out to more than one audience because people will buy it as long as it has something to do with video games on the cover. Uh, this is a different type of print media. Art books have proved popular in the past, so could be produced for new games. You know, there was the uh, 20th anniversary art book, and there was also the 25th anniversary art book for the Sonic series. And it baffles me as to why they never really did any outside of that. Obviously, someone is going to correct me and say, no, they did more more outside of the Sonic series. But, uh, you know, they were only the really popular ones. They were the only ones that sort of saw a wide reach. So, you know, every time Sega releases a new major game, like something like Sonic Forces or, you know, another major game, because I can't think of one off the top of my head, like something like Yakuza Kiwami or Yakuza 6, actually, that would be a better example. You know, why not bundle it with an art book or make the art book separate and you can purchase it from there. That would be pretty awesome, my, I, I'd have to say myself. And um, finally, for my 3.4... Magazines are a good way to introduce people to Sega or even video games. You know, people tend to see magazines on shelves and they just automatically pick them up. Because that's how it works, you know. Oh, this magazine looks nice, I'll pick this up. It's like it's like games, you know. Before you had the internet and reviews to rely on, you just went off the box art. <laughs> and that's the same with magazines. Oh, this magazine looks like I'm going to pick this up. Oh, I'm now interested in video games. That's convenient. You know, you uh, get a further reach to other audiences out, you know, and could perhaps get them interested in Sega or in video games and then push up game sales. You know, that's always important. Selling the stuff that you actually make. However, even though this could be seen as a good thing, there are obviously some points against. Nowadays, print media only really has an older audience and younger audiences are who Sega tried to appeal to. 
Uh, print media doesn't really have a young audience anymore because you know most young children go on the internet or you know they watch a YouTube video or they read an article on the internet or they watch TV you know they don't go out and seek well they do go out and seek magazines but not like to get their video game news anymore or their reviews you know they can do that all on the internet but magazines do still have some appeal to younger audiences but not more formal and less sort of comic like magazines which is why you're only attracting an older audience which is good because that older audience has the money to buy stuff but that's not the audience you're also aiming the rest of your stuff at which is a bit of an issue because you're trying to appeal to different audiences anyway um, another point is uh, some of Sega's past books have had poor sales and the increase of digital means they could drop even further you know uh, print media is sort of going a bit out of fashion unfortunately and digital book sales are on the rise so while digital books are a possibility I'd much rather have something physical that I can hold in my hands I'm looking at you Sonic, Sonic Comics um, yeah at the end of the day you don't want them losing money you want them to earn a, at least a bit of money maybe a good profit if they're lucky is uh, what you want but aside from that you also have um, Aside from maybe history books, Sega is running out of ideas they can really put into a unique and interesting book. You know, hi history books, every game has a unique history, no matter what the game is, even if it's a remake or something. But, um, aside from history books, they're really running out of ideas that no one else has sort of done. For books, at least. And that's a bit of an issue in that, you know, you want your book to be unique, you don't want it to just start... Like be like this generic cover that just sort of stands in with the rest of the crowd or cover is in metaphor because you know you don't want your book to be sort of generic and just stand in design and content wise obviously which is why they need to do something unique but they're running out of things they can do in terms of print media that is really unique anyway on to my conclusion although there are some small downsides to Sega selling print media I believe the positives in this situation far outweigh the negatives, in my opinion at least. So for this reason, I would love to see Sega publish more print media, whether that be books, magazines, comic books, or maybe even something else. But either way, I'm excited to see what else could come from them, and also what print media fans can make in the future based off the Sega brand. What's your opinion on this opinion? You have many places you can get your opinion in. You can get it in through Discord, RadioSE.GA4/Discord. You can get it in through Twitter at RadioSega, at Topical Resort, at The Green Vaporate. Get it in through Facebook, Facebook.com/RadioSega, I believe it is, or at RadioSega. You can send it in through RadioSega private message on the forums, RadioSega.net. I am Green Vaporate. And last of all, you can send it in through email, TopicalResort@Gmail.com. Anyway, let's be looking at the Twitter feed and see if we've had anything. Um, unfortunately, we have not had anything through on Twitter. I will retweet this anyway. Um, let's see what we got here in the Discord. Uh, Skyblaze42 on our show host side says print media is dying. Even well established publications like Time and Neo Geo are having issues because no one wants to buy them because internet. I mean, obviously, in that sort of regard, print media is dying, but I still disagree that the sort of books and video game related magazines are dying. Obviously, you know, Time and Neo. Uh, I said Neo Geo, didn't I? <laughs> and that National, Ge National Geographic. 
<laughs> National Geographic uh, are obviously having issues selling them because they have competition on the internet. But I think video games is sort of the exception where people will still buy print media for that sort of thing. That's the reason stuff like Retro Gamer, and I can't think of any modern examples, but like Xbox and PS Magazine still sell quite well and are still produced because people are willing to buy print media for that sort of stuff because they can go back and read it in the future of these. It's also like timeless in that you can go back and read it and it will still sort of be relevant and it won't be lost to time like some of the stuff on the internet will but obviously you know ease of access is much more important for you know the news when you want the news to be out as quickly as possible which is why you know newspapers and stuff like that are slowly sort of dying out but I disagree I think books and magazines based on video games still have a very wide outstretch. Electric says, I would love to see some more Sega publications, especially art books. I've been getting keen on the Art of Naughty Dog book for some time. Maybe hope to see something like a Sonic Team or AM2 focused art book. Oh, I would love to see like an AM2 focused art book. They have just so much unique, like probably concept art that can be put into an art book. Jamie says, for someone who loves having things digital, you can't beat some things in the form of physical content like books. There's nothing more satisfying, uh, this makes me sound really sad to be honest, but <laughs> there's nothing more satisfying than having like a, a massive shelf of books, or a massive shelf of magazines, or a massive shelf of games in my opinion. You know, that's why physical will always be digital for me, it's just so satisfying, you know, compared to having a button on Steam. It's so satisfying looking at a shelf and seeing just an array of games from so many different consoles. At least in my, in my opinion, and that's the same with books. Uh, yeah, we're all bringing up the uh, the, the Neo Geo. Uh, <laughs> Neo Geo. Anyway, uh, we'll read out some more of your opinions after the break, but as for now, we're going to get into some more music. And speaking of amazing music, this music is amazing. So once again, we got some more music from Sonic Forces, because we have two music blocks, so we can get through all the new music that I missed last month. So... <laughs> from Sonic Forces and from the Tokyo Game Show of this year this is the hilariously hilarious fist bump live version right here on the Topical Resort Goodbye to you. One for last, best for 
Missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord calling. And welcome back to the Top Core Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Sonic Forces, although this was a cover of the Sonic Forces song. So from Little Boulder, that was Casino Forest cover. A uh, rather excellent remix of the original Casino Forest in that it fixes my issue I had with the original song. Which was, it was good, but it sounded a bit empty. Like it was almost sort of unfinished. But this completely fixed my issue and it was made in less time than the original song as well. And I quite, I quite like the tune. I just didn't quite like just how empty the original felt, but that fixes that. And before that from Sonic Forces, that was the questionable Fist Bump Live. The live version which played the Tokyo Game Show. That was also the first appearance of the full version, meaning that was the first time you got to hear the full lyrics before the song, as that was the full version. Um, it's a questionable version of the song, and um... But obviously there is only one song, which... Oh, there's only one live version which was performed at Tokyo Game Show, which was possibly worse, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Or some of you might know where I'm going with this, but actually I don't think most of you will, because I don't think Sparky's here. So, uh, we gotta mute this, and we gotta put on an absolute, an absolute classic here at Radio Sega for how bad it is. This is the amazing Young Force Live. Uh, so I've gotta keep talking, obviously, until it actually kicks in. Because uh, it takes quite a while for the amazing lyrics to kick in, but uh, we're going to be enjoying this before we go to the Discord call-in. People seem to be enjoying it so far in the Discord because they're all screaming at me. And this is exactly what I was hoping would happen. So, for those of you who are complaining about the live version of Fist Bump, please stop complaining because there is a worse track out there. Anyway, back to the Discord call-in. So, <laughs> we're going to be taking a call from our resident, uh, our resident um, complainer, our complainer whiner, because he's the only one in the chill-out right now. So why don't we go right ahead and drag him in. And I also need to make sure that I stop the music. So I can come back here and do that. So uh, let's drag him in right now. Welcome to the show, Mr. One Van. And uh, obviously, as usual, uh, turn your radio off. Never. Okay. So uh, were you enjoying the music right there? Did you, did you have a fun time? Uh, yeah, we, I really enjoyed the live version of uh, the Sega Hat Girls theme, Nox. <laughs> it's, it's an okay song normally, but it was made even worse by the horrible, horrible live singing. So when people complain about the Fist Pump Live, I'm like, you clearly haven't heard the worst song to be performed at Tokyo Game Show. 
And we actually have that on the 24-7, so if you want to request that and torture your friends more than Majima, go right ahead with it. So anyway, Jamie, what would you like to talk about today? Ah, uh, yes, um... <laughs> He's going to talk about the SNES Classic because it came out today. Yeah, when I queued up for the SNES Classic, I was waiting in line for a lot. 20 to 30 minutes and the problem is everyone in the queue I believe wasn't obvious some were getting it but most of them I know Ed wasn't even getting it they was getting FIFA 18 <laughs> oh that, that amazing game uh, not 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 a good not a good game as if FIFA 18 had come out today oh yeah <laughs> It looks okay. Uh, same with every FIFA game. It doesn't look like the, the plague or anything, but it certainly doesn't look like Game of the Year standards. But it probably will get Game of the Year. Let's be fair. Uh, it's FIFA. It's the best game ever. Because it was slightly better than the last one, and by that we mean we ruined the last game and sold it to you for more money. Yeah, that's what you get for paying overpriced DLC. Well, what should be overpriced DLC? So anyway, uh, will you be talking about the SNES Classic or will you be talking about something else today? I, I will be talking about the SNES Classic, but I don't know if you saw the message earlier when you was talking about uh, Power of Illusion. Did you see my reply to you? Yes, but I can't quite remember what it was, so uh, tell me. Uh, so Power of Illusion itself is a game that consists elements from Castle of Illusion and Epic Mickey, which makes really well actually but some of its soundtrack is uh, rearranged versions of uh, Castle of Illusion and what I got you to play was the uh, Enchanted Forest that's why I reckon I, I thought it was from Castle of Illusion but I couldn't quite remember but yeah I recognise it because that's like the most memorable song from Castle of Illusion actually so it's a remix on a non-Sega game from a, uh, of a track from a Sega game odd very odd. And no rapid one, I won't be talking about that terrible, terrible at game system. Oh yeah, the, 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 the Mega Drive Classic. They shouldn't even be given that name at this point. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, so the Super Nintendo Entertainment Mini, I will be sharing pics in a bit because uh, I'd actually only just managed to transfer them because it was taking forever for some reason. Anyway, uh, so 21 games. Uh, I saw a comparison video the other day of uh, of the emulation and the mini compared to real hardware, and it seems like there's only a couple of issues so far, and that's it. But I put it down to the Super FX chip. Yeah, that's where. I, or like Mode 7 or other similar modes for graphics. I expected them to cause issues, which was surprised they included Yoshi's Island, because I thought that would have been one that would have clearly shown all the, thi the issues. The thing is though, the Mode 7's fan, it's uh, Yoshi's Island, it's the, I think it's one, the only game to feature the Super FX2 chip. I think uh, Star Fox 2 also uses the Super FX2 chip. Yeah, yeah, but okay, should we say what was released at the time and what's been emulated possibly before, but... Even people making emulators haven't been able to emulate FX games properly. Mm, true. So uh, it's not it's not surprising the FX games are having issues. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo has um, 
Oh, it's a very valid question. What if the Super NES Mini was made by At Games? How would and, we live? Uh, uh, if the Super NES Mini was made by At Games, I'd say Nintendo go to. And I'm not finishing that sentence. Go to heck. <coughs> go to heck, Nintendo. Go to heck. Go to H-E double hockey sticks. Yes. So aside from that, uh, any other topics you would like to talk about? Any, like, perhaps going over any topics from uh, this month that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, no, because I think the main topics I've been seeing is Sonic Forces, and I would say Sonic Forces is now interesting me more. I wasn't too keen on what they showed of that new casino stage. The music, like you say, apart from that remix, now think about it. it the, the original version felt empty, the remix does fill it out more, and the stage itself kind of feels empty itself. Also, what I found funny about that remix is the fact that it was made in like three hours, and <laughs> the original track probably took like weeks, if not months, to compose. It just shows that Sega hired the wrong people. It's not that they hired the wrong people as much as I think. They're probably doing something different to how they used to do it with Otani, because I think Otani's doing the classic tracks as well, but someone said it is possible that it might be someone else doing the classic tracks. But I think the issue is they're probably telling him, like, or they're probably telling him how to do it compared to other games where they probably gave him more leniency, because it sounds radically different to like, anything he's ever done before. But one thing I'm finding issue with uh, the classic uh, the classic level tracks is they've gone down the wrong road really, they could have gone more generation style but instead they've gone Sonic 4 style I feel like they pr probably could have also gone for um, what is it, they probably could have gone for more like Mania style like he could have just got some tips from um, obviously our good our good old boy T. Lopez or, uh, how, or T. Lopes, how to do um, his style of track and make, you know, Otani do his style of tracks but with his own flair to it. I'll say, uh, was it, uh, T. Lopes, was it, within a few hours he released, his, was it a few hours he released his own version of the uh, uh, Forces theme? Yep, and it was better than the original. <laughs> yeah, and the I'm thinking... instrumental, at least. And I'm thinking, how did he find time to do that when he was working on probably Mania at the same time? I think he, at that point he probably would have been done with Mania because they probably finalised the tracks way before the game released. Because... But it just, sh oh, okay. but it just, sh sorry, it just shows that people from the fan community are actually more well gifted and invested with the Sonic's type of mu music Sonic's known for than now the actual composers for the franchise. Because the composers just do it because it's their job, whereas. The fans do it because it's something they love, and they're obviously going to have more attention to detail than somebody who just does it because, eh, it's my job, I need to do that. I'll say, uh, the other thing to talk about is Sonic 2 HD. Oh, that is very true. So, uh, so go, I guess go ahead and explain some stuff about Sonic 2 HD. So, tomorrow is the release of the Sonic 2 HD demo, which yesterday on the Sega Lounge, Casey, I can't remember his name, but Casey talks to the. Uh, Ryan, isn't it? The, I think so, Brian, he, the guy in charge, currently in charge of the Sonic 2 HD team, but, uh, was it, uh, Earth questioning about whether Sega will shut down the project, but it's, 
it's not to say yes to okay with fan content, but there's a difference between fan-related games and fan-related remakes. Which is what I said exactly. Yeah, but people still seem to be forgetting that. Yes, Sega could be found with your fully built from the ground up uh, uh, fan game like uh, Sonic before the sequel, Sonic after the sequel, but you touch one of their games and prove that you can make a really well-done enhanced version for free, and like any developer, they will probably look at it and say, yeah, maybe we'll let this go, or we're shutting you down just like that. It's a simple solution. You pitch it to Sega before you do that. Because I'm sure... You, like... mean, oh, you, mean, what Christian, you mean what Christian Whitehead did with Sonic CD? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but he, he pitched it, and it was a good enough idea, and they accepted it. It's that, and That's how he got to make Mania. But it's the same... It's like... But it, it's, it's the same with AM2R. Like, AM2R was being developed for like 10 years or something. Within that 10 years, you could have pitched it to Nintendo, and although they might have said no, there's still a risk worth taking because at the end of the day, it was an incredibly good game, and they probably would have made it over the 3DS remake. And what is it? Uh, it's not as if uh, Sega hasn't done similar visuals before because, yes, uh, Sonic 2 HD looks way better, but if you play some of the collections with the HD smooth filtering on like the Mega Drive collection on the Xbox 360, it gives a very similar look of the uh, mm. of it. HD smooth, not not close, but as probably as much as you can of a filter of an old game. See, I don't like those moving features. I think they make the game look horrible. It's either pixels or no pixels. That's the way it goes with retro games. It does. There's no in between. But when I saw the original Sonic 2 HD, that's what I, I when I, I I played the original Sonic 2 HD, and when I got the collection, it just reminded me too much of the same thing. True. But like so, let's so this project does see for, and Sega can be a bit lenient and let let us ha have it, and then possible have it so long enough people to play, and then say. Right, we want it to go because it's already out there. Very true, very true. Anyway, uh, Jamie. Um, thing, anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have like any last things you'd like to say about this whole situation? Uh, the, what was the Sonic 2 HD thing? Yeah. Uh, I'd say, uh, obviously, best of luck to the team. I am looking forward to play it, but last time we had a really great remake, it just... End, ended within version 5.1 with Streets of Rage and it, it's something the fans really need is more is more family makes and for them to not be shut down it shows it there is creative people out there it shows they could take on those people and create future projects with uh, these developers very true so uh, anyway James thanks so much for coming on the show like any final final words you'd like to say Ah, uh, yes, uh, I won't be on tomorrow. Woohoo! Yay! Why? Party. Oh, well, it's better than CTS. I mean, what? Oh, but CTS <laughs> might not be happy. Ooh. Ooh. I'm kind of getting dragged to it, to be honest. Kind of. Oh, well, anyway, we'll see you when we see you. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Jamie. See you later. See you later, Viper.
And that was Jamie with Wonderman, and that was the Disco Cooling. I apologise. We should definitely leave some more time for it next time. I know I said that last episode, <laughs> but this episode time has been creeping away from me again because just so much good, co- so uh, not good content. So much good music is the issue here. But anyway, speaking of good music, it's time to go on to the Toppy Mix. And the Toppy Mix is where I take a Sega track, which I've been listening to all week, a remix. Oh, sorry, a Sega track which isn't related to the topic of the episode, a non. Oh, a Sega track which isn't related to the topic of the episode, a remix which is related to the topic of the episode, and a non-Sega track which isn't related to the topic of the episode. So I'm going to start off with a uh, Sonic Lost World track which I've been listening to all week and I was actually humming quite a lot because it's ridiculously catchy. So, from Sonic Lost World and kicking off our Toppy Mix block, this is Sugar Lane right here on the Topical Resort. Let's get scratching. That's
I wasn't when the show had started again, I was just writing a tweet as we speak. So, um, welcome back to the Topical Resort, and for the final time, we're going to tell you what we just played. So, from Pokemon Tournament, that was Neo City, a uh, wub 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 track indeed. And uh, before that, <coughs> from the Sonic Zone Remix Competition 2014, that was Your Too Snow, a remix of both Tropical Resort and Ice Mountain Zone, as done by Tubers McGee. And before that, from Sonic Lost World, that was Sugar Lane. Now, this radio segment of live announcement that I promised you, what is this? It's nothing too exciting, but something cool nonetheless. So, on Tuesday the 10th of October, I will be hosting you a brand new show, or brand new as in a brand new one-off special, known as Radio Sega Presents Sonic Mania. So we'll be get we'll be playing the whole soundtrack to the game. For those of you who know Sonic uh, Radio Sega Presents, we'll be playing you the whole soundtrack to the game. We'll also be taking in your opinions on the game. Also, uh, you know, be hearing your favourite tracks, favourite parts about the game, all that lovely stuff. But just please promise me, guys, you'll be there. You'll be square. You'll be all that stuff because <laughs> it's going to be very fun. Radio Sega Presents Sonic Forces, and it was. Uh, Sonic Forces? That's not the name of the game. <laughs> Radio Sega Presents Sonic Mania. Yeah, that's the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be doing that live for you next, or like, two weeks, and then you will finally be able to put Sonic Mania to rest. It will be over. <laughs> Nothing too exciting, you know, no new shows, no new Radio Sega live announcements, no return of the Dreamcast Hour, as Electric Boogaloo said. Just return of an awesome, awesome soundtrack, and you guys. So I believe it's now time to sign off because I'm, otherwise I'm gonna overrun. I have been your host, Green Viper Eight. Thank you so much for listening. I'm gonna leave you with a track from Sonic CD, Temporal Duality. So from that, from that album, this is Extraordinary Cosmic Eternity. Believe in yourself, palpable feet, Digi Valentine. I've been Green Viper Eight, and thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay topical. <laughs> yeah. Yo, rolling from the east to the yeah. west, west side. to the whole planet right now. Yo, Yo we're getting, getting cosmic. Come on, man. You gotta believe in yourself, you gotta man. Believe in yourself. Yeah, like this. One, One time, here we go. Yeah, yo.
Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24 7. 